The Quality Shares podcast is sponsored by SharePad, the UK's number one investment data and analysis software for private investors and traders. Hello and welcome back to the Investability podcast. I am John Human of Investability, joined again by Michael Taylor of Shifting Shares. How are you doing, Michael? Pretty good, thanks, John. How are you? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Shell shocked. It's been quite a week. Um, it has, yeah. You know, it's been we brutal. Uh, really brutal and uh, you know, obviously horrific. Uh, the news that we're hearing from uh, from Ukraine. Um, yeah, it's pretty disgusting. It is, it is. I think that's that's the right word for it. It's, it's, it's absolutely disgusting what's happened out there. I know we spoke about it last week and uh, I'll, I'll be the first to put my hands up and say I was wrong because I really did not expect what has happened to happen. I really did not expect Vladimir Putin to, to order an invasion, a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Me neither. And I don't think many people did if you look at how many of the stocks reacted yesterday because if the efficient market had priced it in, you wouldn't be seeing things like poly 50% down um, you know, just absolutely marmalized. Uh, Fair Expo, you know, if that risk was priced in, why is it down so much? I mean, obviously everyone was shocked. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it was really, really shocking news. Um, FTSE was down about 3% um, yesterday when, when it all kicked off. The NASDAQ fell over 3% and then and then swung back to finish the day in positive territory to cheers of USA, USA, I <laughs> here from uh, from the floor of the exchanges there um crazy but but yeah an ap- absolutely crazy day and you're right i mean not not many people certainly not many bump market participants seem very prepared uh for what was coming and uh just before we we started to record i think you said um you know you uh you found yourself in in much the same position yeah i think it's a big missed opportunity from me and i, I think i really should have done better because you know, we, we've heard about Ukraine since, what, last year. So it's always been a, a worry that it could cause a big problem. So I'm not fully invested for that reason. I've, I've got stocks that don't tend to correlate with the overall market. So, for example, a shoe zone sells shoes in the UK. You know, are people really going to stop buying shoes because of, you know, war in elsewhere? Probably not. I mean, yeah, maybe you get some forced sellers and it gets hit, but... It's not got any exposure uh, to Ukraine. So, yeah, a lot of my companies, the, the swing trades, have that in. But w- what I wasn't expecting is is the market to just shrug everything off. Um, that's a bit of a surprise. But, yeah, if, you know, if it had done my homework, uh, yesterday could have been a very good day. Uh, and I, I'm sorry to say that it, it wasn't. Yeah, but I mean, in some senses, I don't, you know, I personally, I don't, you know, I, did, I sat there and I was watching the screens, you know, flickering and watching stuff bouncing around. And I don't really feel too bad that I didn't really participate because, you know, bad things are happening. People's lives are are being massively affected in Ukraine. People are being killed. And, I, you know, it, it does feel, you know, sometimes looking at markets that they're very detached from from the kind of reality of what's happening elsewhere. So I don't feel too bad for having just sat and watched and really felt, you know, quite sad about what was going on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, during during the pandemic, during lockdown, um, I actually quite enjoyed lockdown because uh, my life just went on as normal as a work from home. Um, and, you know, things didn't really seem that bad because you didn't really see actual videos of... I mean, there, there, there was a video earlier of a tank driving over a, an old man in a car. Mm, I saw uh, that. He survived. But, he, he did survive, thankfully, yeah. Uh, and another video of a jet shooting rockets at, at someone's neighbour's house. I mean, it's 
it seems very real when there's there's video, uh, and I think it's hard to not get emotionally affected by that. Um, mm. So yeah, it, it's it's not very nice. But you know, at the end of the day, um, as a trader, you have to just keep going and, and press buy and sell because if you're not trading on days like yesterday and today, if you're an intraday trader, uh, this sort of volatility throws up huge opportunity. Um, you know, things are whizzing around everywhere and, and yeah, the reasons for it aren't nice, but, but that's the reality. The stocks are moving. You have to get involved. I suppose that, that sort of supports the view that you should take the emotion out of investing, take the emotion out of trading in particular. Emotion is what perhaps encourages people to do daft things um, yeah. with, with their investments. Um, so take it out. But then I guess by taking it out, you kind of, you know, you're sort of dehumanizing it to an extent as well. Yeah, well, well it's a good point. Yeah, but to, you do have to be relatively emotionless. I mean, you know, we've seen it plenty of times where traders will will grimly hold on to losses because they don't want to crystallize the loss. You know, if you put them on a demo account and tell them, cut your losses, run the winners, they'll be able to do it. But once you give them real actual money, and most people tend to, to take larger positions because they're not really very patient, and that, that's where it all goes wrong. I mean, if you look on IG, I think it's 68% of leveraged traders lose money. Um, you know, that's, that's, and that's 68% of all accounts as well because I queried it with IG. So it's a lot of people who lose money and probably because it, they don't have very good emotional management. I would, I would assume that is one of the reasons. Yeah, I, I would uh, guess that's very much true. Um, so I guess uh, trying to deconstruct what actually happened yesterday, particularly over in the US, you know, that, that swing we saw there is, you know, a rare thing to see. What I'd like to do is try and get our head around what actually happened there. I read a, a fantastic piece by John Authors uh, over at Bloomberg, um, formerly of the FT, <coughs> who I think is one of the best writers on on markets that there is. And he, he, he presented four arguments as to, to why this swing might have happened. Uh, and one of which is that the market believes that, that Vladimir Putin has has got it right in, in this, in, in, strategically uh, and he's going to get what he wants. Um, which is which is slightly terrifying, but but actually, you know, what we saw yesterday afternoon was European and and US government officials coming out with the the, the measures they're going to take, the sanctions they're going to put in place against Russia, and the suggestion was that they're just not strong enough. Um, and when the market realised that the sanctions wouldn't affect trade, it wouldn't affect um, the trading things like oil or or, uh, or or luxury goods, even so it seems, then mm -hmm. the markets were off to the races. Is that is that sort of how how you see it? Yeah, I think so. Um, I mean, Putin will have covered every case, the worst case scenario in this, and, and obviously he thought that uh, the West would do nothing. And, and so far, they've not really done much apart from some sanctions. You know, the the SWIFT system. Nobody wants to take Russia off that. Yes, I, personally, I think it, that is what's happened, and everyone's just accepted it. And uh, life goes on, as, as harsh as that sounds, in, in this episode at least, it, it seems that that's what happened. Indeed, I guess the big problem, you know, which, we, which I've written about this week, in fact, I've written about plenty of times before, is that, that actually um, Europe is so reliant on Russian gas. Um, and that gas is paid for through the SWIFT system that they, they actually can't do anything more than they've done uh, right now. Is again, uh, Javier Blas at Bloomberg, formerly of the FT, 
wrote that uh, that the West is actually financing this war, buying hundreds of millions of dollars worth of uh, Russian natural resources every day. You know, we're talking about things like uh, not just gas, but oil, because aluminium. Um, you know, Russia is a massive producer of wheat and massive exporter of wheat. So, so we really are caught between a rock and a hard place here, and a really kind of horrible situation there. But, but one that you you kind of seen coming for many, many years. This is not a new thing that that you know Russian gas is uh, is so important to to, to Europe. There was talk, uh, of course, of the uh, what delays to the ratification of the Nord Stream two pipeline, which would have directly connected uh, Russia and Germany. Um, but again, that's just a delay. Uh, it's a delays the ratification. It hasn't been cancelled. Yeah, I don't really think that's going to happen. I mean, yeah, everyone has got problems with gas prices. Germany probably more so in the future because they've de- decided to not. Um, they've decided to fully shut down the nuclear power plants. Um, so as you know, I'm long yellow cake myself. Uh, I think that uranium is going to be a big, big theme in the coming years with um, yeah, nuclear energy replacing. Some because renewables are just not there, they're not, and some of them have, have seen a boost today. Um, so Ceres is up, a uh, couple of others, but really, that those are years away. Uh, you can't just end reliance on Russian gas overnight. Um, so yeah, I think the Nord Stream thing will go ahead because it needs to. I mean, what, what are the other options? Well, indeed, indeed. Um, I mean, I was actually looking, um, I think I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the podcast last week, but I've certainly written about it recently. It was uh, SSE, um, which is which is part of that transition to, uh, to, to to renewable energy generation. It's building big wind farms. You know, its shares are up six percent today. Um, no news. Uh, Orsted, which is the old Danish uh, national oil producer, which is which has made that transition to renewable energy. Its shares were up sixteen percent yesterday. So so there is obviously, and, and as you mentioned, you know, the hydrogen. Um, companies like Ceres and ITM also had a very good day. So I guess people are buying into the idea that, oh dear, we do need to wean ourselves off this Russian gas, quick pile into renewables. But but I agree with you, it's, it's, it's way down the line, way down the line before this it becomes meaningful. I mean, it could also just be traders um, looking for a narrative, pressing buy. So for example, uh, BAE Systems was up yesterday. Um, you know, it's a war. There's munitions. Numbers. They also had some good numbers, yeah, and I decided not to trade that because I thought everything would be down. And, uh, yeah, it was up 5%, so great call great call by me. Wow. Um, Yeah, but, um, I mean, that is, you know, there's also a rumour, isn't there, by when the first bullet is fired, and uh, that seems to have been uh, spot on this time as well. Yeah, I mean, it is early days, though. I mean, you know, what what seems to be happening in Ukraine is, is escalation you know it, it doesn't seem to be you know sort of two-day thing this is gonna this seems like something that could rumble on for some time and i've been wrong before on this this particular um uh, aspect of geopolitics and i probably you know could well be wrong again i have no idea what's going to come next and it doesn't seem that anyone does but it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it's going to disappear yeah well earlier there was uh, a tweet which i think it comes from the first squawk which delivers sort of financial news into the market uh, there was talk of, of putin offering ukraine peace um so the russian basket shot up so things like poly fair expo Evraz, um so i got on those for a trade and then i think 15 minutes later it, it said ukraine had severed talks with with the kremlin so back down they went 
the, the news can change very quickly. Uh, so there are opportunities to trade these stocks, um, but you do have to keep an eye on them because, yeah, what what is true uh, one minute may not be true in the next half hour. Indeed, and you know there is a there is a lot of information coming out, you know, particularly through Twitter, which I guess is you know a lot of people's primary news source these days. And and yeah, mm-hmm. as you say, I think you've got to be really careful actually to try and really you know not read too much into everything that you're you're reading at the moment because as you say some of it I suspect there's a lot of propaganda flying about you know there's a lot of um there are a lot of uh, points of view which you, which are being put out from my from both sides um, yeah and probably a lot of misinformation as well yeah absolutely so so Fake yeah news as someone else called it i wonder who that could be yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um who isn't on twitter so we don't have to worry about him anymore although i noticed that the uh the russian president is still on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> Make of that. Funny that, isn't it? Yeah. It, it is. Make of that what you will. Mm. Um so so yeah, I guess I mean, you know, from my perspective, I'm 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 looking at this thinking, okay, oh, this this could drag on. And it's not exactly tempting me back into the market. I'm I'm you know still sitting there with large amounts of cash to deploy. And I don't feel in a hurry to do that right now. Um you know, th- th- there will be lots of people talking about buying the dip, but this is this is uh, this has been the case for a while. The buy the dip brigade are, are in and out, you know, left, right, and centre. And, and actually, the thing that hasn't gone away is is inflation, and you know what comes next from the Federal Reserve. So, yeah, yeah, okay. So we've got this Russian Ukraine situation going on, but 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 actually, let's not get too distracted from the problems that were causing markets sleepless nights before. Yeah, well, it also depends on. On your time frame, so I did buy the dip in a few things yesterday. Uh, so I bought Petra Diamonds. I mean, I'm long that uh, for a long-term trade. But uh, yesterday it was 82 bid, um, and I managed to grab some in the low 90s, sold them today, around 100. Um, so, I mean, that's a quick trade. I did buy the dip in some things. But, yeah, to, to be buying it for, you know, to plough capital back into the market uh, in huge size, yesterday i think would definitely not be for me um because a lot as you say a lot of these things haven't gone away and ukraine is just a distraction you know even if we do see a, a peace settlement which you know i think would be great the the old problems are still there yeah indeed and if anything you know some of the inflationary pressures that that were causing people to think that there is going to be this very aggressive uh, rate tightening cycle uh, at the federal reserve have actually got worse so you know, we saw things like oil spiking yesterday. We, you know, we, we as I mentioned, wheat um, also saw a big jump. And you know, these these are these are commodities that do affect the you know the, the, the inflationary basket, as it were. So, so if anything, the inflationary pressures are worse today than they were two days ago. Mm. Uh, you know, therefore, the need for that rate tightening cycle hasn't gone away. This will still affect stock markets. Yeah, and there was a, I had a conversation with one of my friends who's a mortgage advisor at the weekends, and he said one of the things that he's seeing now is uh, if you if you put a house up for ask, uh, if you put a house and you have it, give it an asking price, that'll often get bid above the asking price. Um, so I mean, my cousin has, has bid for a couple of houses, put offers in. He's been outbid uh, twice. And when it comes to getting a mortgage, the bank is saying, well, the house is worth this and you've put in an offer of this. We're not willing to do it. Um, you know, so the lenders are actually 
sending a clear signal here that that the prices of houses have, have gone up uh, too far, at least in this specific region, of course. I mean, I, I can't can't say what it's like across the entire UK. Uh, this is just uh, some parts of the northeast. Um, but I, I, you know, house prices have been rampant um, in the last year, so maybe that is the case. Who knows? Um, but I don't. I don't think I've ever heard of that before. No, no. Well, I mean, it's definitely true around here. Definitely, the the property market around here in uh, in uh, coastal Suffolk is hot, really, really hot. Um, we had some good results from, from banks this week, so you know they they are actually riding high on, on you know the, the the housing boom, the continue the continuing rise in house prices. But but actually, you know, mortgage availability and and mortgage rates are actually going to make things a little bit tougher. I, I'm not I'm not massively confident about the, the housing market uh, and and companies with exposure to it. But um, again, remains to be seen. But I mean, heading back heading back to Ukraine, I guess you know, what do you do? I mean, you, you'll just be watching the market, I guess, and uh, and, and taking the opportunities as they come. Um, I'm certainly trying. Yeah, yeah, you have to have. Uh... Uh, your Twitter, so I use TweetDeck, uh, which basically just streams tweets. Uh, so you'd have to press refresh like you do on Twitter. So if you follow a couple of journalists and, and news things, you get your news streamed into one column, uh, which is quite useful because, um, well, yeah, I noticed uh, Ferexpo had started moving and I, and I wasn't actually sure why. And I noticed the other Russian stocks were. And it wasn't until I checked Twitter that I saw. Uh, the tweet about potential peace. Um, so, and then, then you have the reason for the move. So, it is it is a good tool to have. Uh, I think if you're going to trade intraday, uh, then having TweetDeck set up to have a, a curated feed like that is, is definitely something that you need to do. Mm. I assume uh, you must have uh, live pricing as well. Yeah, live pricing. Yeah, you need it. Um, so, things like level two, because you, you want to see, I mean, a lot of the, the bids and asks are, sort of spoof they don't actually exist um but you can see the trades going through and who's paying what so you can read the tape um so obviously if it's an automatic trade it goes through as at but if it's blue you know you can you can tell it's buy and if it's red you can tell it's a sell um so you do get a feel for for sentiment looking at these stocks as well and the one minute candle chart i use quite a lot um, but yeah, if, if you if you're trading intraday, if something goes against you, you just need to get out. You know, don't don't try and be a hero and run it. Uh, I've done that before. It's uh, quite costly, so uh, please don't make the same mistake. <laughs> well, I mean, given given the size of some of the moves we're seeing, like, it could be very costly. Um, uh, yeah, in the current market. Yeah, and you're you're only ever one bad RNS um, away from something bad happening. Um, you know, if Putin takes over Ukraine, is what will he do with the Ferexpo assets? I mean, they're all, I think, in Ukraine. Um, you know, he could just say, they're now mine. And then Ferexpo price is zero. I mean, you, you just don't know. I mean, it's is it unlikely? Probably. But, you know, it was also unlikely that uh, that it would actually full-on invade. So, yeah, you do have to be mindful of these, these risks. Absolutely. I mean, I guess there was the, you know, the... We have existed in the comfort that you know the world's actors, you know, will now operate under the, the rules-based system, and and it seems that that we now know that, <laughs> that actually that's not true. That strange things can happen. These risks can can become very real, very very quickly. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously, I'm not intraday trading, but you know, I'm I'm as I said, you know, very much sticking with the cash for the time being. I know people say buy the dip, but I, I'm still looking at this Nasdaq chart, you know, three-year chart. That's very. I mean, it's not far away from the all-time highs. 
yes, there's been there's been a pullback, but you know yeah. we are not too far away from 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 where the peak was. And there's been a big sell off in a lot of stuff that I probably do don't want to buy that I don't want. To buy. <laughs> um, but but you know the the, the good stuff is is still quite expensive. I guess if you're looking at it as a long term investor, then you probably have a different opinion to me. But I, I just look at that and think, how can the market be trading near all time highs when we've got all of these worries? Uh, you know, we've had the COVID bounce, um, but a lot of these countries, you know, in the UK, a lot of people are vaccinated, and, and so far, nobody seems to have grown three heads or anything. Um, but you know, in other countries, are still having big problems with this. Supply chain issues are still there. There's still a problem. Um, you know, potentially going to be even more of a problem with the mm. Ukraine war. Uh, so, yeah, I think you, you do have to sort of pick the companies that you invest in. I mean, I, I wouldn't buy any indices now. Um, but also indices that have a very high weighting to the, the top stocks. Um, so I think re- I looked a few months ago and... And even though the FTSE 250 was doing well, a lot of its constituents were below the 200 moving day average. So they were actually in a downtrend, and it was the same for the the FTSE 100. Um, So we had the big stocks that were doing quite well, but all of the the smaller stuff was on its knees. Yeah, which I think is the same over if you look at the NASDAQ Composite as well. Very, very similar. Very Mm -hmm. similar pattern over there. Um, I mean, as I say, uh, it, it just seems that markets are still toppy at the, at the very top end as i said swinging around I'm, I'm not in a hurry still cash safe havens gold um <laughs> which i spoke about earlier. i didn't buy any gold in the end um and i didn't buy any gold miners but, but and i'm sort of glad because a lot of those gold miners are russian <laughs> poly you mentioned yeah yeah um, petro Pavlos petro as well. yeah uh, did you buy any bitcoin no i did not well no. i mean what, what, what was bitcoin doing it's been touted as a safe haven hasn't it and then when some sort of event like this actually happened, Bitcoin sold off and, and gold rose. So I guess it's not really a safe haven, is it? I think it feels like a risk asset to me, um, which, I, which I wrote last week. Um, and it bounced with the NASDAQ yesterday. So, you know, it, it feels like it is a risk on asset. Definitely not uh, the, the safe haven asset that, that gold is. You know, there's no, there's mm-hmm. no doubt about it. It is, it is a safe haven asset. Um, I mean, the other thing you're seeing in, in the FTSE 100 is that, you know, the very largest companies, banks, uh, oil and gas producers like Shell and BP have had a really good year. They've had a really good run. You know, banks will benefit from uh, from um, uh, rising interest rates. Shell and BP have, have obviously benefited from rising commodity prices. However, does that turn? Yeah. So, so we saw yesterday, you know, Brent smashed through 100 and came back down again. It's actually, I mean, the oil price is really dependent upon not so much what happens in Russia, but what happens with OPEC and, and Saudi. Um, you know, and if if, uh, if OPEC decides to start pumping again, then, you know, to, to hurt Russia, um, <laughs> which they have done before, um, a couple of years ago, then then that's that's not going not gonna to be such great news for, for, for big oil. So, so yeah, it seems, it, there seems to still be a fragility there, which, um, which, which worries me. Um, yeah, I think the... The only thing that I would say is don't go all in and uh, keep some powder dry. Yeah, well, exactly. I've got a lot of dry powder at the moment. So yeah. Struggling to, struggling to spend it, but maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's a good thing. SharePad is an all-in-one platform for private investors and traders, providing in-depth data on everything from shares, funds, ETFs, and more across the UK, US, and Europe. With your subscription, you get live updates from UK Alliance News and RNS and access to powerful stock screening and portfolio management tools.
Visit sharescope.co.uk to find out more about SharePad. And if you haven't subscribed before, you can get your second month free by using the investability promotional code, which is the word invest. I mean, just looking at some of the companies that reported this week, talking of companies in downtrends, the one that struck me the most was uh, Hargreaves Lansdowne. So this, this, uh, this news came out earlier in the week before the invasion began. Um, and uh, it got thumped. It got absolutely thumped. Um, and basically what, what is happening there is that Hargreaves Lansdowne is planning a very significant investment programme in its platform, in its technology, in, uh, in the back end, in customer service. And that's going to hit profits for, for some years to come. Special dividends have been withdrawn. The market really didn't like it. It was, uh, it was down about 15% on the day. So then I thought I'd have a look at the chart, and it's a horror. Yeah, that's not a chart I would, uh, you know, just get that off my screen. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> Don't want to see that. Um, classic stage four downtrend. Um, but the, the thing about actual investment into the platform, you know, it needs it because it is a shocking broker. Um, I don't know why anyone would use Hargreaves Lansdowne. Um, it really isn't very good. Um, yeah, I get you can trade funds for free. So if you're a funds investor, but, you know, I'd just go with Vanguard and it, I think it's even cheaper. Um, but there's no direct market access with HL. Um, yes, you can set stop losses on set QX stocks, but these are manually picked up by the dealers. So you might get filled like three hours later or not at all. It's not a trader's platform. I'm not even sure it's an investor's platform because, well, IG is cheaper and you get direct market access, so you don't need to wait around for a dealer to, to sort of fill you. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, and I've heard that it's got terrible customer service and was down regularly during COVID. Um, you know, IG's platform was a bit shaky, but it didn't actually go down to the point where you couldn't place a trade. Um, so I, I, I don't know why anyone would use it. Mm. I mean, that, that chart, I know you, you, I know you, you wanted to uh, fling it from your screen. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm looking at it. It's, I mean, it's at a level which it hasn't been at since 2016. Um, well, there's a reason for that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is still the, you know, the biggest broker in the UK. You know, it still makes pots of money. Having said that, the shares aren't actually that cheap uh, from a, a thousand foot view. Um, yeah, it just looks like there's more downside here. Well, I mean, where's, if it's already the biggest, the low-hanging fruit has been had, hasn't it, surely? I mean, mm. where, where, where is it going to grow now? Um, you know, they, these sort of growth, growth companies are really nice when they are growing, they're acquiring new customers, growing the profits. Um, and, yeah, if you, then it becomes a dividend play where it's got a stable uh, balance sheet, cash flows, and I guess people hold them for that. But now it's going to have to cut the dividend, reinvest profits, uh, and get back to growth again, or at least you know have a better offering. Um, so I, I just can't see why you would would hold the stock. Yeah, it, it seems like a very very long ter- long turnaround that, that that's ahead here. But then you know the shares mm. jumped today, which which tells you that people are just buying indiscriminately. It, yeah, <laughs> who knows <laughs> if any if anyone's listening and. Uh, has bought Hargreaves lands down today. Yeah, please, please let us know. We'd uh, love to hear. Yeah, there's only three, uh, three FTSE 100 companies that aren't in uh, green today. Actually, and the worst performance, JD Sports. Who'd have thought it? Not me. What have I done wrong today? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, they're getting absolutely thumped. Very strange. Um, 
The other thing that I I, I noticed this week, um, there's there's been some real funny goings on on AIM. Um, um, <laughs> there's always guess, funny goings on on AIM. <laughs> there are, but this this is this is a really unusual one. I'm sure you you noticed it. Morse's Club. Um, I did. Yes, I did. Yeah, it's, it's extraordinary. I shouted that on the bell um, and closed it for a 33 percent move, and it just carried on. It absolutely created. But yeah, I. That is is ridiculous. I mean, I, either he's the the luckiest person in the world, or he's insider dealing, and none of them really are great, are they? Because if he doesn't have a clue about the performance of the company he's running, he's obviously not a good chief executive, which may actually be be why he resigned. But yeah, I think to to dump stock literally days. I think it was two days before a profit warning which sends the stock down 50% is is very suspicious. Yeah, yeah. I mean it's not it's not unheard of, on eh? <laughs> it's not. No, there, there <laughs> no, have been no. uh, directors who've traded their own stock before uh before a profit warning and, and nothing ever happens to them, which is is odd. You know, I assume they get investigated, but who knows. Well, um, I wouldn't assume anything like that, yeah. <laughs> to, to be uh, to be perfectly honest. There is an investigation going on in the US. Tesla's getting a okay, getting getting a, a, a big look from the SEC. It was uh, it's to do with a sale of shares by his brother um, Kimball uh, after Elon Musk um, put a poll on Twitter asking whether he should sell was it ten percent of the company, <laughs> and, and somehow his brother, his brother managed to sell the shares before he. Um, before we got the result of that, which was yes. So, yeah, he's, he's in a little bit of hot water. Um, yeah, but I mean, it comes down to what is actual inside information um, because he'd just had been having a, a cup of coffee with his brother and his brother had expressed concern of, of whether he actually wanted to sell stock or not. You know, the brother could have just thought, oh, I'll get out now, dump him. Um, and technically, he's not actually done anything wrong. I mean, it doesn't look great. Um but, I mean, it, it's about what you can prove, right, I guess. Mm, yeah, not a great deal, usually. It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, I th- I, who, who has got who has got done for insider trading? Martha Stewart. Martha Stewart. Who's that? Who's Martha Stewart? TV yeah. celebrity. She went to prison for it. How long ago was that? Oh, 10 years. Ah, okay. That was yeah, before went, my time. <laughs> she went, went to prison. Martha Stewart. The yeah, only person okay. I can think of off the top of my head is that's a prison for it. <laughs> but, um, but um, yeah, it's, it's a funny old world because I'm sure it goes on all the time. Oh, all definitely. Time. I mean, I, I get made inside on a placing and I load up the stock and it's down uh, almost all of the time. You know, it's never up. It's, uh, it's usually down because people are just selling. Um, and what, what I can't understand is is why we can't have the Australian system where a stock suspends, then raises money, uh, because it just makes it fairer for everyone. Because if you're a shareholder, and insiders are selling the stock before the placing, if anything, it's just lowering the the placing price, which has actually happened. Uh, you know, I've been inside on a company uh, before, and it was it was several weeks, and the price got revised down uh, twice. Because insiders kept selling, and then you know it gets leaked, and people, more people, start selling and shorting. So yeah, I don't know why we, we don't have that, but it's it's not going to change. So it's just something that we have to deal with. Sadly, mm. yeah, uh, money does funny things to people. Yeah, <laughs> it does very, very, very strange things to people. Talking of money, uh, there was some news out of uh, the government this week that I 
that I was interested in because I wrote about um, this recently, was uh, which relates to COVID testing and uh, a dispute over over the uh, funding of free COVID tests um, between the Treasury and the Health Department. And basically, the Health Department lost and uh, <laughs> free, free COVID testing is is done. That was bad news for, and this is something that this is what I'd, I'd written about for, for a number of companies who are listed on on AIM. So you have Abingdon Health, which leads mm. up to the uh, Rapid Test Consortium, uh, Amiga Diagnostics, yeah, uh, a Vector, which was producing a lateral flow test, um, and then actually there was another really big fall on on AIM a company called Synergen, which had a failed trial of a COVID treatment. Um, so yeah, th- th- that COVID trade has turned pretty horrible for. For a lot of companies, yeah, I think we're you know the time to buy the COVID testing companies was at the start of COVID. Uh, certainly not now. Um, yeah, I would, don't really see any reason to buy. But I mean, it, the Omega Diagnostics thing—they actually put uh, an RNS uh, talking about speculation of a placing and confirmed it was true, and uh, you know, and even gave a price at five pence, and the stock closed at seven p that day because people were still still buying the stock um i mean it, it's it's just crazy and then the placing wasn't 5p you know as had been uh foretold in the rns um yeah i, I don't know why anyone would buy these companies now um you know if if they're just fully focused on testing it doesn't really make any sense no i mean the, the idea was that they will have um you know improve their technology improve their understanding of these these kind of point of care diagnostic tests and uh will then be able to apply that to, to other test areas whatever whatever that might be it all seemed pretty optimistic to me um and you know sort of what i've always i've never really liked sort of the biotech industry you know this sort of one one drug companies you know sort of almost a flip of a coin it seems whether they're actually going to get these things uh through trials well most, most of the time they don't i mean most most phase three trials actually fail i think uh there's there's very few that ever seem to make it and even if they do make it um you know there was one called motive bio uh it passed uh two phase threes the revived trial the fda had actually fast-tracked it to to go through um so everyone was expecting it to to be uh put through and approved and then the fda said it couldn't be approved because it needed more information even though it actually passed safely and it had uh, hit the primary endpoint didn't go through and the shares are now delisted uh, and everyone lost all of the money. So it, it, it's just so risky. Um, and yeah, I've said it before, I'll, I'll say it again. If, if you were long going into a phase three result, you're a gambler because that is not trading. It's just terrible risk to reward. I mean, if you're right, yeah, the stock might gap, gap up. But if you're wrong, I mean, Synergen gap 90% down. I mean, that, that is just a, a complete wipeout, and it's always better to to trade the reaction um, because if if it's a success, you can probably trade it. Um, if it fails, you can probably trade that. I mean, Synergin, I think it, it uncrossed at eleven p, and uh, I just didn't think that it would uncross at that level because that was actually below its cash balance. Um, you know, so if you were long at eleven p, that was a fantastic trade, but you know, unfortunately. I wasn't, but I think it even went as high as like 30p in the day. Um, so, you know, if you're a trader, you, you can make money in that sort of range, but you don't don't be long before the test. I mean, it, it's, it's madness. It is yeah. a gamble, as you say. It's a flip of the coin, usually, uh, to the downside. 
you could though. I mean, a lot of these, a lot of these sort of small biotechs, you know, like the uh, the COVID testing companies would have would have had a good run. You know, they 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 put on some uh, some serious wealth. Yeah, on those definitely. share prices. You know, it's sort of the conflicting. Oh, run your winners, but, but obviously in this case, running your winners has been a disaster. So, so you know, what what should that trigger be for getting out of these sort of things? Well, well I, I usually look at a chart and, and base all my decisions on that um, because I think Omega was it got to around a hundred pence. Um, you know, so as soon as it start going below fifty and and you're fifty percent down from a peak, you surely got to be thinking, you know, I've got this wrong. Is it is it time to sell? But oh yeah, ultimately you should know where you're selling or getting out. Know what your worst case downside is be- before you you put on the trade. Um, because I mean, it went from I think five to a hundred, and now it's below five again. So yeah, there was an opportunity to to twenty times your money from off to peak but if you're not if you're not banking your winners or, or taking profits you know ultimately someone else will, will take them for you which mm, mm. is exactly what happened it also strikes me you know if, if, a, if a price is rising that suggests that there are people who are arriving to the party very very late indeed so if you if it shoots up 20 times yes usually it's not it's not the uh the undervalued gem that you you might have once thought it was um but i mean the, the business case it also changed um, because obviously we had vaccine day, um, you know, so we, we knew that the end was in sight and there was, there was problems with the tests. Uh, you know, they weren't getting the revenues that they expected. The cash was drying up. Uh, you know, it wasn't sort of inconceivable that a placing would have been required at some point. Um, so I guess you, you've just got to keep an eye on your stocks, read the RNSs, look at the chart and, and try and make your decisions that way. Mm. It always also strikes me that you know it's, it's yet another example of uh, of uh, a company that shows that doing business with the government is a uh, is a uh, fraught with pitfalls. <laughs> yeah, not many of them seem to to have that much success. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, not not something I I, I will actively avoid companies that are, that are doing business with the government. <laughs> um, yeah, we've seen it with outsourcers. We've seen it here. It's it, yeah, complicated and. And uh, yeah, they, these contracts never seem to be quite as uh, watertight as uh, as you would have thought. But um, hey, there you go. So we're going to skip the deep dive this week. I can't remember what we said we were going to look at, but it didn't feel like we, it's in there. There's plenty of, for us to talk about um, without focusing on any, any companies this mm. week. Uh, and I didn't really fancy putting the boot in anywhere today. Anyway, it feel like, <laughs> I don't think anyone think did that in the hostel world last we week. Did. We did, <laughs> we did, and, and I don't think it feels like a week for uh, putting the boot in anywhere. Not that, not like go out with the intention of putting the boot in, but if, if that's what we'd have found, that's what we'd have yeah. found. No, we were like, positive on uh, Sumero. Yeah, I did buy a few. Um, oh, yeah, they're down. <laughs> oh, I think <laughs> quite a few things are down recently. Well, so. indeed, indeed, not not by much. I mean, what I have noticed is that they they they're not very well traded. So, no, it's a very thin stock. Yeah. So, 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 so something I have noticed is that you know during this this period of massive market volatility, that that didn't really move a great. So, so actually that that lack of liquidity there, you know, actually it sort of done me a favour in some sense. Also, you, you're unlikely to get the more speculative hot money in that sort of stock because it, it actually has a business and it actually makes money and it actually does something. And typically, that's not what hot money likes. They want. Uh, you know the the rockets, the uh, the speculative upside, mm. and I'm sure Smero does have upside, but it's not. It doesn't have the the allure of the thousand bagger, no, which is it, typical of the the pre revenue companies that punters seem to like. So that, I think that has probably been a good thing. Which definitely helped me. 
ice cold money over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it needs to be. Give me something boring like concrete <laughs> leveling, and uh, and I'm happy as Larry. Um, so yeah, we didn't. We're not going to do a deep dive, um, just in case we we would have had to put the boots in, which we didn't feel like doing. Anyway, so uh, so do keep the ideas coming in. We've got a few to choose from now, um, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll kind of work out what we're going to have a look at. We've got a few options: uh, Avidrans, Argentex, Open Orphan. I think someone someone has emailed me about as well, uh, which we could potentially have a look at. But yeah, we'll we'll get through them. But as I say, keep them coming in, and, and it's good to have options. It's good to know what people are interested in. Yeah. Anyway, thank you very much, Michael. Thank you, John. And uh, let's hope that that this week is a bit calmer. Thank you for listening. I hope this week hasn't been too painful for you. And uh, yeah, we'll be back again next week. Take care. See you soon.